Welcome back to Harbor Food Services Drive Time. This is your host, Andy Cook. And today I'm on I'm on the phone. I'm on this recording with Jennifer Wargham, the district manager of Olympia Coast. Jeff, I wanted to talk to you about we, you know, we're always hearing about get out there and tell the harbor story. Uh, but there's a little more to it because there's sort of a harbor difference in contrast with the other broadliners, our rivals. And so uh, I wanted to get your take on it because everybody's got their own their own nuanced approach to the harbor story and for some of us, the harbor story is told differently depending on who our person we're talking to is. It's based off of the perspective of the individual telling the story and what uh-huh. what they see. There's a lot of important, uh, I would say, aspects to our harbor story. And so, you know, some people like to focus on the fact that it's, for us, it's nice to say, hey, it's in our backyard. Um, food services in Kent, but the harbor company was built in Grays Harbor and then moved to Thurston County. And so telling that timeline is important for us out here in Thurston County and in Grays Harbor because we have that special connection to that. Um, right. So it just it, I think there's a lot of different perspectives on how people want to articulate the harbor story. Okay, well, let's let's start checking down those perspectives. The first one you just <laughs> called out is local. You and I are here in the South Puget Sound area. It's a hyper-local conversation for us, but even people in Seattle to say that it's Washington, that's pretty freaking local when, you know, when you're talking about a, you know, in contrast to our rivals, which are national or international and faceless and homogenous and reporting to shareholders every three months, whereas we are generational. And so um, yeah. we have local private ownership. Talk about that for a second. How does that yes. come up? So the local private ownership, uh, what I always see is it goes straight. It's, it talks about the, the, the fourth generation with Justin Erickson. Mm-hmm. And I what I see a lot of is just articulating who Justin is on that local point. He lives in Olympia and, you know, he is our leader of our of our organization. And, you know, I mean, how local can you get? I mean, you can't say that. Our competitors, their you know, big honcho is from, you know, Washington. Oh They're, yeah, I can yeah. I can call him and he'll answer the phone. Exactly. Uh, his he'll daughter and my daughter went to the same go to the same school. I ran in I ran into him and his wife and their dog Lucy on a trail <laughs> two weekends ago when I was getting my kid away from a screen. So I get it totally. Get yeah, it. yeah. He will. He is out there visiting our customers, and so it's it's easy for us to be able to you know, talk about that, how important it is, because I believe it's important to our customers as well. Uh-huh. It gives them a closer connection to who they're buying from. And we're really, we're right in their backyard. Um, so, you know, when it comes to that piece, I just, I think talking about the Erickson family is great. And uh, just what Justin's doing as well as, you know, he's got his, his cousins and his brothers working for the company and, and how they've built this, you know, very, very massive corporation for, you know, on a local level. Um, So I always like to talk about that because, you know, one of the things that does come up is, well, you're local, you're small. We're not small. And we, you know, I, believe we have over a billion dollars in buying power as a company and so what we've been able to do and it talks about you know for us the that harbor story is utilizing and collaborating with other 
big local companies here so that we can provide an overall experience for our customer when it okay, comes well to there's it. another hemisphere to this local story yep. and that's the northwest supplier alliance right that we're yes. we're positioned to have these sort of relationships with other local vendors and that resonates doesn't it yeah so it allows our customers to have access to uh, multiple different categories through us and so it you know they can have a real true local operation mm -hmm. you know comes down to like bar greens for their supplies and equipment or mcdonald meats for their you know center of the plate options or northern or cafe diarte which is my favorite coffee company um charlie's so and then we have the local you know we have a local hub too of other of other brands that are you know here in washington state that we mm -hmm. that we partner with and so for us, that is a really important piece to that Harbor story because it's different from our competitors. It's different from the other distributors. They might have, you know, they might be able to buy Tillamook because everyone can buy Tillamook. Right. Uh, but we can go in and we can partner and buy from La Mexicana who's got, you know, out here, you know, with their tortillas. It's right mm -hmm. here in, in Seattle. So I think that so it's, local, it's stacks of local, right? It's stacks of local. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as a company, we've, you know, been able to increase our buying power that way with, with those alliances. Um, and then it even goes into a more, you know, I would say in-depth story of us being able to uh, partner with IMA, for instance, which, in, you know, drastically increases our buying power. So we can provide, you know, just the same type of, um, exclusive brands that are that our you know competitors can do because that's an important piece to a lot of customers as well well that's an and, important piece to the process because a lot of sales is being prepared for objections right and uh one objection that a lot of people are going to have and it's not very nuanced is okay so you've just convinced me that you're not as small as i thought you were but you're not as big as as this guy or this guy there's your backup right yeah i'm a makes us that big right I would say the benefits of a large distributor is the buying power on 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 those types of exclusive mm -hmm. brands. That's the caveat. So we can still be local and you know not humongous, you know, corporate monsters, and still provide that same type, that same benefit of having exclusive branded products that have higher specs, higher qualities, and lower cost of goods. Um, it can be a business community that way, and not yeah. a corporate behemoth. Yeah, so so we can support that style of business as well. For us, we can really identify with our customers on that local basis. So we can mm -hmm. give them the local products. We can tell them, you know, how, you know, our story of who we are. They're, we're local like them, right. and but we also have the buying power to support them um, in the way that a, that a large corporation could. Okay, uh, we've covered local, and we kind of seem to have dipped into. Yeah. Larger topic. I'm not sure how to qualify this larger topic, but it's important. What's another aspect of the harbor story? Or maybe that is sort of the meat and the meat and potatoes of the harbor story. We don't need to get into the vegetables. We can talk about how us being who we are, in contrast to our rivals, and I'll go ahead and name drop, have been, you know, they haven't seen their Cisco rep in like two years, right? And we're walking in their back door. Here's what blows my mind is, you know, I'm always drawing this this allegory to, you know. Here's how we're like a restaurant where we are our sales force are like the servers and our in our warehouse, like the kitchen, and yada, yada. If I'm going out to a restaurant and I don't even find out until dinner is delivered for this party, it's like, oh, and that steak you ordered, sir, we don't have it. What the hell's up with that? 
<laughs> yeah. So I, I think that, you know, that's, an, that's again, another important piece to who we are as Harbor and why we are so, why we, how we differentiate ourselves from our, you know, the other, the competition, the, the bigger, those bigger monsters that, mm-hmm. um, you know, we want our associates to be out in the field connecting with our customers. That's really important to us. Um, I think that that mindset has shifted a little bit over the past three or four years with the other companies where it's more program facilitated or, you know, you know, the, the associate might visit the customer, you know, less frequently, but they're behind the scenes. I don't really know how they do their business. I, but what I do know out here is we don't see our, um, our Cisco associates out there very often. Um, um so how and, would you, how would you, re- how would you, I guess, counsel a sales consultant to, uh, work that to their advantage? Knowing what their competition is doing is important. Mm-hmm. Um, and continuing to go out and try to connect with people because that we're a connection business. When you can get that down and connect right. with those customers and connect with those prospects on a consistent basis, there's your advantage right there. You're consistent. And that's what a customer or a prospect is going to see. And, and I think, it again, it goes back to who we are. If we kind of go back to those, you know, important values that we have and, you know, friendly, resourceful, motivated, um, and, uh, and genuine. And, you know, staying with those four values, but consistently being out there and connecting with those customers, everything else will take care. I mean, there's a lot of work that goes in the background. That's for sure. Um, but to me, that's your advantage by being out there and being consistent and connection. There's an adage that every business is people business. The number crunchers in some of these larger organizations get so obsessed about the numbers, they forget some of that fundamental tenant. Do you recommend, would you recommend to a salesperson say, hey, uh, next time you get into a, a Cisco account, uh, ask them what color their sales rep's eyes are uh, or something like that. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like you, you really, it take, you got to build that connection first uh-huh. with the prospect before, before you, you say that. Because there are, there still are associates out there on the other, you know, for the, working for the other companies that do still believe in that. So it's not a 100%, you know, guarantee that if you're competing against Cisco or U.S. Foods, that their sales associates not going to be out there and you know seeing customers. Um, but what we see now is is a, a huge majority of them are not out there seeing customers regularly. You are very politically <laughs> saying, "Don't do that. That's dumb." Um, I can take it. All yeah, right. I would. All I right. wouldn't recommend that. I would, I would. I would say that with the consistent visits and ideas and solutions that is going to completely take over the fact that they realize, gosh, well, this, this person is seeing me regularly. They're giving me ideas or telling me what's going on in the market so that I can be proactive. I haven't seen my Cisco rep in a three or four months. That process goes through their mind. No. I have two thoughts on this. Uh, first one is I think you're giving something, you're giving something to someone that's that's rare these days. And that, uh, well, it's two things, um, attention and, yes. uh, and concern, right? Yeah. Uh, attention and then resources. And, right. uh, I think that's what we do best is we're out there providing the resources and talking about what we can do. Um, you know, I, 
I love to use Kathy Stevens and Lewis as my example because she is so consistent on prospective calls. And she talks about the menus that she's done in the past, you know, for a customer. So she works with Wayne or she, and she gets you involved with, with the customers about helping support their business. And that sells, it sells that she is, you know, thoughtful and, and, and passionate about their growth. It's about them. And, and it always works out just that consistency and that focus on their business. I'll tell you why, from my perspective, it's that uh, game recognizes game, right? And, you know, our customers are out there uh, and whether they articulate it this way or not, they recognize that it's all of a game of expectations, this business. And so if you can meet expectations, you are providing service and that's sort of the watermark. But when you re- exceed expectations, then you're providing hospitality and that's where they live, whether they can articulate yes. it in that way or not. Exactly. And so is it not uh, Yes. Yes. And so uh, it takes a little while to get through it because, you know, in this game of contrast with, you know, um, sort of the low bar of of expectations that some of the big wigs put out there, um, you've got to you've got to kind of get past that layer of expectation, that layer of a failure expectation and show them, no, this isn't really all this isn't all about transaction. This is about you. The transaction is mm-hmm. part of it, but so is your long-term health. I mean, this company keeps a couple dudes on salary just to fix your problems. I have nothing to do with, the, you know, I'm talking about me and Derek. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is all about uh, helping to helping to make sure that you are successfully in business two years from now and you're still our customer. You know, that's Ex- the exactly. transaction that's, is secondary. That's the stellar piece is mm-hmm. being able to take that from a transactional level into that consultative consultative you know perspective right and and i think that the thing is is that as an associate if you're not doing it and you're just transactional you're opening yourself up for someone else to come in and show them what true hospitality is right and that's why it's you know critical to get you guys involved uh, I know we're taught with this like harbor story but this is who we are this is our harbor story this is part of the our story yeah and, you know, when you focus on that, the transactional piece is just the transactional piece. Um, but it's the big picture that the customers see and they all need it. They all right. do, regardless of what their behaviors are right now. They 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 want that help. They just might not know how to ask for it mm-hmm. or you have to earn their trust to be able to provide that. Right. That's is just taking the time to earn their trust and letting making sure that they know what we can do. That's that is that is to me the worst part, worst thing to do on a sales call because it tells the customer, okay, I'm just going to be transactional. I'm not going to be there to help. I don't care about your business. I just care about giving you a transaction. Right. And um, and and it's again, it's the hospitality piece. You, you said it so perfectly. It's the hospitality piece. I'm about yeah. business. Yeah, I get I'll get called out a lot lately to uh, to help uh, help restaurants backfill some of the foundational customer service core skills and sometimes i'm talking to operators like well uh, what would you think would be a success after i talk to your team what do you you know what what do you want to see is like upselling i want people to raise those ticket prices upsell 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 and i kind of have to push back on them a little bit and say you know how much how much of their pocket can you pick yeah i could probably teach people techniques to get the most out of every bill but that's not going to 
create any sort of loyalty is going to get people to come back. So exactly uh, the balance on that hospitality. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so what I generally tell people is like, you know what, if we could, if we could focus more on uh, what we can do to customize their experience and create a relationship with these people, there might be ways that you could upsell someone and double their, their ticket price, but you may not see them for months after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you could do things that, you know, make them think, wow, they didn't have to do that and create that kind of loyalty, you might take a customer that you see once a month to twice a month. That's a 100% upsell. And if you can get them to refer people, that's a 300% upsell. You know, it's kind of a yeah. deeper game, but it pays, right? People are going to forget what you do, but they're not going to forget how you make them feel, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and if I feel seen. Every situation. So, yeah. yeah. That kind of goes to who we are, you know, it goes back to that Harbor story of who we are. It's about us making sure that we're doing everything we can to help, help them with their business. But again, make them feel like, you know, that we care and that we're showing that we care. That's right. the difference. Okay. So, uh, Jennifer, let's wrap it up with you. Tell me why, why you love Harbor. Having an owner in, in my market, at least has been critical for, you know, my, how I feel about our company in general. Um, but I mean, that's just one piece. There's so many different pieces. I, I love Harvard because I love the people I, you know, I love working with you and with my team and, um, you know, and Dan and, and all the other individuals on, on the leadership team. And so for me, it's about the people, but we wouldn't have those people if we didn't have those specific values for Harbor. Right. And I, think as long as we're all, you know, focused on those values and the way we behave and the way we interact is about, you know, that friendly, genuine, resourceful, motivated. For me, it's the friendly piece. It's really important that we're all kind to each other and that we're working towards a solution. And that's what I see in Harbor. And that's why I love it is, is the people and how we, you know, how we interact, how we solve problems. So cool. I, I asked you that because I want you can read a script or you can speak from your heart. So, uh, and that telling the Harper story speak is, uh, I don't want people to walk away thinking that there's a script for the Harper story. There's a, there's a heart to the Harper story and just speak to the heart, right? Yeah. Everyone's going to have a little bit of a different perspective. Cool. Um, so you just got mine. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Jennifer Wargham from so- uh, Olympia Coast District. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for, thank you for joining me on Drive Time. All right. Thank you, Andy. All right. So long.